It's a Lotus Skin Anderson's podcast, and it's the 17th of October 2021. The time is 19.37, and it is Sunday. And today we are going to, I hope, once again visit the book of uh, dreams. But before we do that, I tend to make a little brainstorming about well, the topic that comes to mind. Because there's, of course, a lot of topics that we can talk about and discuss in the world. But the main purpose of us humans, I believe, is to show love and kindness and compassion for ourselves and also for others. Meaning that our mind, we have to be aware of the things that we put through our eyes and ears and when we do this, we tend to not negotiate with ourselves as much as we should. What I mean by negotiate is, well, of course, if you, let's take an example, if you go to the city or the grocery store or a cake store and you pass the window outside and you see a beautiful cake that you want to buy, well, then, of course, there is a, club, a couple of voices inside you. One voice says you can easily buy this cake. It's not going to affect you in any way other than besides you're going to be, become more happy when you eat it. And the other one is saying, well, it is not really beneficial for you. Maybe, like me, I'm a bit overweight, so maybe I should not really eat this cake because it can contribute to my overall weight, and that is not so good. So, so there are two conflicting voices in me. And of course, later on when I'm eating the cake, well, you know what, <laughs> what the voice, uh, which one of the voices won. So this is what I'm talking about. We need to negotiate with each other, but also we perhaps need to negotiate in a more logical way, meaning that, of course, it, not, it was not very logical of me to simply just allow myself to be persuaded by myself <laughs> and just uh, buy the cake and eat it. Because, and of course, I have a lot of arguments that I can use uh, that is going to point me in the direction of buying this cake. Because you could say, well, we are always, and every one of us is going to get old and sick and die anyway, so what's the point? You could just simply just enjoy your life right here, right now. So let me just buy and eat this cake. Because we deep down inside know that the energy that is in this cake is vastly bigger than what we are burning off. Uh, if we were bodybuilders, yes. If we were weightlifters or if we had very hard labor, yes, of course, we could burn these calories off very easily. But if we just sit on our backsides all day, well, logically, it is not going to benefit us at all. 
So, of course, this is the battle that we also can use in our life when we meet other human beings, when we also have decisions that we need to make in life. Are we really looking at it at the perspective of what is really beneficial for us? Because it it tends to lean in a not so beneficial direction when we, uh, as humans, uh, when we uh, when we make decisions in life. The reason why is, of course, we do not really want to have changes in our life. If we are happy and content, or we think that we are happy and content with life as it is right now, we do not really want to change anything. We do not really want to have any changes because it makes us feel insecure. Because if we were just to say, well, anything that we allow ourselves to enter our mind, uh, we just decide to do it. Well, of course, when we just decide to do things that we have not really thought through, we can also fail. And when we fail big time, we tend to, uh, next time a decision comes along, we tend to say no to it. But of course, we need to take decisions and we also need to be wrong about these some of these decisions in order for us to grow as a human being. If every decision that we make is the right one, are we really learning from uh, our mistakes? Are we really thinking about them as mistakes? Or are we really thinking that then then there are not going to be any mistakes in my life? So we are not really using our mind to benefit us. So it's very important that we as human beings, we get to grips with the fact that we humans, we need to grow as humans. We need to get out of our comfort zone. And how do we do this? Well, first and foremost, we need to say to ourselves that we are in a comfort zone, that we are humans right here, right now, in a comfort zone where we feel at ease, we feel calm, we feel that this is very pleasant for us. And of course, getting out of our comfort zone might just be going out there and meeting other people. I think that a lot of people have a difficulty meeting other people, truly wanting to get to know them. And of course, as uh, Alex points out from Infowars, it has been made this way. Society is made in a way that isolates people, isolates their mind, the way they think about themselves and others. So it's very important not to allow us to get under this mindset that the trick that is played on us is not a trick that we are going to allow. 
these uh, very bad people to manipulate us in this direction, in the direction that they want. Because isolation is not so good for us humans. We need to meet other human beings in life. We need to interact with them, but also, especially, we, we, we need to feel loved and cared for, and we need to feel that when I show love and compassion and kindness towards other human beings, if they do not really return the favor, well, there's no need for me to really waste my time on them. Yes, of course, I know uh, when I'm at school or when I'm at work, yes, of course, I know that uh, I have to bear with me or bear over them or basically, because I am also a human, I need also to look beyond the, the first impression and look deeper and see that every human being has at least some good qualities in them. And I need to try as good as I can to be aware or when I talk to another human, it should be that this is what I'm focusing on the good personality trait that this human have. Because then it will allow myself to also focus on the good personality traits in myself. Try to get them out in the open also. Uh, because we human beings, we tend to think in a suspicious way about other human beings that we meet. We think that, well, they are humans that perhaps are not like us, that perhaps we deep inside think that we are better at other hum than other human beings, that we are more loving and caring and kind than other human beings, and that other human beings are not so loving and caring and kind as we are. But this is, of course, wrong to think like this. It is not going to benefit us at all when we think like this. And, of course, this is where our entertainment come into picture. What do we use our time to? We have plenty of time on Earth. Well, of course, it is also limited. But we decide what we put through our eyes and ears. So if we put violent video games and violent movies and movies who portray people's bad behaviors as something that we can allow ourselves to be entertained by, also the asocial media, and it has now come out that the asocial media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, is only made for human suffering, basically. Making people feel miserable and sad and lonely inside. So, of course, also the last one, the big one is the mainstream media that constantly tells you what to fear and tells you the solutions to your fears. This is part of the garbage can that we have to say no to. If all 7.8 billion human beings on the planet just said no and wouldn't allow it to enter their mind, simply they were not even under our radar. Of course, we have to keep an eye out for what they are doing, 
the freedoms that they are taking away and the concentration camps and the rest of it that they are making for us. So yes, we have to protest in some way, but we also need to keep in mind that our happiness also depends on ourselves. It depends on do we really have the strength to take our life back to ourselves, to say the most important word that I can teach you, no. No to other people who want to pull you in a direction of the garbage can in any way. Of course, I'm not saying that we should not talk about the problems at hand, and in the world, of course, we, we should. But we should also be aware of using too much time and effort on the garbage can will make us sad and lonely and miserable and feeling of this vast emptiness inside of ourselves. So in order for us to avoid this, we need to stay focused on, well, of course, it's very easy for me to say this, but love and kindness, being there for others, thinking about others in a loving and caring and kind way. Also, using a lot of time on what you might consider self-help books, also podcasts that are uplifting, that are invigorating, where people are talking about how can they improve their own life and improve other people's lives, make them feel more happy and content inside. Because there are not a lot of people talking like I am talking right now. There are not a lot of people who try to stay clear of the bad human personality traits that we human possess and can either feed through the garbage can or we can starve almost to death by not occupying our mind with it. So the question is, what are we going to do? And of course, my podcast is always about putting myself in the right direction because I know that this is what the Creator wants from me. Of course, I usually say it like this, we are currently 7.8 billion human beings on the planet and we all come from the same place. We come from an egg and a sperm cell, which comes from an egg and a sperm cell, which comes from like a sperm cell and so forth and so on. That means that we come from something that you could place in the head of a top of a needle, but that you could also place that in the head of a top of a needle, that's our father and mother. But you could also place that in the head of a top of a needle, that's our grandfather and grandmother, and so forth and so on. So I know deep inside that there is a creator behind it all. There is a creator behind Mother Nature, there is a creator behind all the animals, all the universe or the entire universe. So I know that this intelligent creator, his name is Jehovah God, the Almighty One. And I know that if I try to stay clear of the negative human personality traits and constantly try to feed my it should be a good inner voice that constantly tells me good things about myself and others so that I am not close-minded but open-minded to other human beings. 
to show loving kindness to each other. I know that when I'm trying to do this, I am basically staying as close as humanly possible, uh, a close friendship with Jehovah God, the Almighty One. And of course, I always remember to close my prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, so I recognize the greatest sacrifice of them all, mainly not only the death, but also the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because it is through this resurrection that we have an opportunity. When we die, we all get a resurrection, regardless of who we are as humans or what we have done as humans. Many people are afraid to believe this, but it is true. But there is also a catch to it, because you could say that when we die, we are basically paying for our sins when we die. This is basically the price for our sinful nature is death. So we have paid this uh, fully when we die. But Jesus Christ paid uh, us for the resurrection. So, so when we get a resurrection, when we die and open our eyes again and we see that, yes, it is true, Jehovah God, the Almighty One, and His mightiful angels and Jesus Christ, well, there are going to be books that is going to be opened. And they are basically seeing what did we do with our life right here, right now? Were we humans that constantly was looking at the garbage from the garbage can and saying to ourselves that it, it, is, it was beneficial for us as humans? Or were we rejecting it, saying no to it, and trying as good as we can to, to mold ourselves as a human being that Jehovah God can approve of. It is not the other way around that Jehovah God needs to improve or needs to just say yes to every person's bad human behaviors and make him his close friend. He decides where you need to be as a human, emotionally and also personality-wise, before he can approve you as a friend. So this is very important, and a lot of people do not really think about this. They think that, well, the Bible clearly states, Jehovah God is love and kindness. But how come I should not also try as good as I can to show love and kindness to other human beings if I want to stay close to Jehovah God. It makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense that in order for me to become friends with Jehovah God, the Almighty One, the creator of the universe, I need to also have some good personality qualities in me. And also I need to keep on uh, molding these good personality traits because I could also go in the wrong direction. It's very easy for us human beings to go in the wrong direction. It usually happens when uh, society collapses. When uh, the secret societies behind all the governments uh, are basically being pointed out, uh, eventually they're going to lash out in society, maybe start a war or something like this, 
and maybe start a famine. So people are starving. Because when people are starving, we know what happens when people are starving. The Bible clearly states it. It is not going to be pleasant at all when this happens. Because that is when people are turning away from Jehovah God, the Almighty One. And of course, the Bible also says that like in Noah's day, days, so will also uh, the, the Son of Man be. Like in Noah's days, Jehovah God, he looked on the planet Earth and saw that every human being's thoughts were evil all day long. Now, uh, I believe that not a lot of people thought like that. They did not think that their thoughts were evil all day long. They did not realize it. But Jehovah God, who reads minds and hearts, knows us infinitely. He also knows our inner thoughts. And he also can see if human beings are evil all day long because he regretted having made human beings on the planet. And of course, yes, I know Noah's, Noah and his family were found to be of the loving and caring and kind uh, human personality trait mind that he could approve of. But all the rest of them were basically drowned in the flood. So when the Bible clearly states that in the end of times that we are living on right now, people will also have made their personalities so that Jehovah God could not approve of them anymore. And of course, people will say, well, it is not up to Jehovah God to approve us. We need to convince ourselves that he is going to improve us or approve us in any way, regardless of how we uh, spend our life or how we are as humans. And, and of course, that is simply not true. And deep down inside, humans know this. Because deep down inside, every human being is love and kindness. But the question is, how can we get this love and kindness out into our personality so much so that it becomes a person, person's personality? It becomes who that person is. Well, that is the trick, of course. Because when we are living at the end of times, when we are living basically where people's entertainment is about violence and torture and deceitfulness and all the rest of the human negative personality traits, we need to ask ourselves a serious question. Are we also occupying our mind with it? Are we also thinking or have we changed the perception of good is evil and evil is good? Because that is not going to sit well with Jehovah God, the Almighty One, when we do this. We need to, we need to stay clear of what is evil. We need to define what is evil and stay clear of it. And we need to define what is good and decent and wholesome 
and use this as a guidance in our life. That is the way Jehovah God wants us to live our life. Being very selective of what we put through our eyes and ears, being very selective of what we or who we have as close friends. Because bad company, well, Bible clearly states that it is not going it is basically going to destroy good habits in us humans. So if we have a good habit of showing love and kindness, if we allow a person in our life that has very poor or bad personality traits, it can rub off on us and affect us in a negative way. So we have to become very selective of who we allow ourselves to enter our life. So let's just start reading out loud from this dream book. And we can take, let's just take this one right here. What are your most haves and deal breakers? Sometimes the things we believe we want in relationships are external. Women often tell me that they could never be attracted to a man who had a certain type of appearance, for example. We tend to be less clear on how we want to feel in a relationship, what we need to be able to share, or how much we want to be known and valued for ourselves. It is worthwhile to take the time to make a list of what you believe you must have in a happy relationship, including the internal things. I know a number of powerful women who once believed they had to have a partner who was as successful as they were. What they later found such a partner did not bring them happiness. Instead, they found that what they had to have was a good, solid person who would be a dedicated partner. They did not have to be half of a power couple after all. Each of these women married someone they called the nicest man I have ever met and found real happiness. When you make a list of things you want on the outside, be sure to make a list of the qualities that make you happy inside as well. Chapter number 6. Dreaming your future. In this chapter, we look at dreams about the future and how these glimpses of possible future events can serve as a navigational guidepost or at least checkpoints for consideration. In speaking with dreamers over the past few decades, I have found many who reported precognitive pre pre dreams, that is, dreams that come true or that have come true. The most common of these dreams are associated with warning of danger, that later proved true. The second most common of these dreams comes from women who dreamed they were pregnant before they knew for sure and later discovered they were right. The third common or most common dream is about children, something important happening to a child or a child being in danger. Finally, some people report that they dreamed of meeting their mate before that person appeared on the scene in a waking life. I suspect that many more people have these experiences than report them, as it is difficult to know whom to tell about such an event. It also seems likely that some people who have such experiences may tell themselves that they didn't occur, because the idea of dreaming something before it happens seems too incredible. 
scenes of the future in dreams are controversial, and some people feel strongly that the phenomenon of dreaming the future is not possible, that any serious discussion of these dreams is an insult to their faith or to what they believe about science or the mind. Most people are relatively skeptical about the possibility of seeing the future in a dream until it happens to them. Anecdotally, however, those of us who work with larger number of people and their dreams know that such events do occur, even though adequate explanations of the mechanisms at work remain sketchy. For example, we have not yet explored the reach of our cognitive abilities, and precognitive dreams are a natural part of those abilities. By working theory, my working theory is that our dreams seem to have flares of recognition when we reach important crossroads in life, a marriage, the birth of a child, discovering our life's work, or the potential of a loss in the family. Perhaps at the level of the soul, we know something of these important junctures in life, not because they are set in the immovable granite of faith, but because they are main intersections on the map of our lives. We do have free will about what we do with this information and what path we choose, of course. But these flashes of a potential future are intriguing clues about the possibilities a relationship presents. I have spent countless hours discussing precognitive dreams with people who have had them. They are highly credible people who do not dramatize the stories or seek attention in any way. My story. In the late 1980s, I was working at late shift and needed to take a daily nap to make sure that I got enough sleep and felt rested for work. To To facilitate getting to sleep in the daytime, I began listening to guided meditation recordings to relax. I would fall asleep quite readily when the recording concluded and shut itself off. During those naps, I began to have memorable dreams that were different from my typical dreams. These dreams were metallic-looking, as if they had been filmed with a special cinematic technique. They were black and white, yet shiny and glowing, almost silvery. The context of these dreams was not particularly important, or so I thought, until I noticed a strange thing happening. In waking life, I would run into characters from my nap dreams on a regular basis. If I dreamed of someone I had never met before, presumably a fictional character, that person would later come into my workplace or appear at a friend's party. After a few weeks, I realized that I was having regular glimpses of the future in these silvery dreams. If a dream was in my standard visual style, it didn't give me much glimpses, but if it had that metallic characteristics, then someone from the dream or some element of it would appear shortly in my waking life. This experience continued to this day, and I am particularly prone to dreaming of new students from from who I recognize when the class meets for the first time. 
types of precognitive relationships dreams. From precognitive dreams, we can learn about our capacity to recognize love and meet it in a way that is constructive. The announcement. Several people have reported a type of announcement dream in which someone they didn't know appeared to them and a narrator told them that this person would be their husband or wife. People who have a tendency towards precognitive dreams often hear a voice or a narrator who explains events as they go along. In a manner similar to narration that accompanies a documentary on television. For these individuals, the narration is a marker of a special type of dream, so they tend to record them or track them for subsequent confirmation. Another form of the announcement dream involves a dream character who makes a declarative statement in the midst of the dream. The dreamer typically is in the early stage of dating a new person and has a dream about that person. At some point in the dream, another friend, a relative or a co-worker turns to the dreamer and says, He is in love with you. You two are going to be married, you know. Although this sounds exciting, the people who have experienced these dreams describe their feeling as calm, certain, and contented rather than excited. The hallmark of these experiences seems to be a kind of peacefulness. These dreamers did not feel that they had to do anything special. They were not concerned about whether the dream came true. They were intrigued and found it memorable, but there was a sense of tranquility involved. When we think about the possibility of glimpsing our future, we may be very excited about it. But when we actually glimpse our future, the associated qualities is more often peace, a kind of inner spaciousness and non-attachment. Future flash. A number of people have described future flash dreams in which they are married or involved with someone and then they believe they wake up, though they are still in the dream, and roll over in bed and study their mate. In these false awakenings, they can see the familiar curve of that person's profile in sleep and the familiar furniture of their bedroom. Many notes a particular quality of their mate's appearance, such as vivid red hair or a scar on the person's shoulder. When they roll over, it is an almost mundane middle of the night or early morning awakening. They, might, they think briefly about what is going on in current events and their life or the plan, plans they have for that day. When they return to real waking life, they remember the dream because, of course, they are not married or involved and their bedroom, home and current life are quite different. For all intents and purposes, the experience of the dream was rather like waking up in their future bedroom with their future spouse and future life. It's not a particularly spectacular experience, just one of those dreams in which the dreamer seems to have a different life, until, of course, the dreamer meets the person from the dream in waking life. 
Most people say they recognize their dream mate either immediately or fairly quickly after they begin dating. Most of them also say that they did not tell their possible mate about future flashes because there was no way to sound intelligent and sane and uh, recount the incident. Some people say that they did not really recall the incident until something in their relationship triggered a deja vu moment in which they recalled the dream. Randy dreamed of being married to a dark-haired woman who he did not know in real life. In the dream, he awoke with his wife and stared at her as she slept. In the dream, they had survived the separation in their marriage, and he was thrilled and relieved that they were back together. He knew that everything was going to be all right now, and that they would spend the rest of their life together. In waking life, Randy was not dating and was focusing on his career and his interests. At that time, he began to think about marriage and felt he was ready for a serious relationship. Not long after that, a lovely young woman walked into a workshop he was taking and began looking at some paintings he had produced. He stared at her not only because she was looking at his work, but also because she was the woman from his dreams. Her long black hair and serene features were unmistakable. He felt a friction of unreality for a few seconds and then approached her. They struck up an easy conversation with quick report. He wisely did not tell her about his dream at that point because he believed it would make him sound like a nut. They dated and married happily. Later, because of his career, they did undergo a separation of nearly a year. During that time, he had memories of worry that he might lose his marriage, but he remembered the prophecy dream that he had so far come true. The dream gave him a certain faith that they would survive the separation and, the re- and be reunited. In their, in, in their case, the dream did come true. They reunited after the year of separation and have been together ever since. Another version of the future flash is more action-based. In this type of dream, people are married and engaged in family activities together with their spouses. They may be having a barbecue or watching their kids play in the park. The dream is not exciting. It may even be mundane, but it is peaceful and memorable. For these people, it may be years later that they recall the dream, which was like an expected day in the life of their marriage. For a lucky few, these future flashes scenes occur just days or weeks prior to meeting their mate for the first time. In these cases, the dream seems to permit good recognitions of their mate. A critical point. Readiness. In an almost offhand way, a number of people report an additional factor related to these precognitive dreams experiences. A factor that seems important because it is unexpected and so many people spontaneously include it in their report. Many of these people say that just before they met their mate, they felt inwardly ready to have a serious relationship or marriage. In addition, several people said that they had engaged in meditation or prayer before meeting their mate, 
saying they felt ready for this person to come into their life. In these descriptions, there were again a kind of peacefulness and non-attachment. These people were sitting, uh, setting their intention, asking an intelligent universe, or praying to a higher power, saying in effect, I'm ready to make a commitment. If there is someone right for me, let that person come into my life. Certainly not everyone reports this element, but it is something that comes up regularly, often after the rest of the story has been told. Common elements. Here are the elements that most often seems to be associated with precognitive dreams of important relationships. A sense of readiness, not only of wanting a relationship, but also of a feeling that you can handle one and have something to give. A practice of meditation, prayer or setting of intention. A balanced, non-attached interest in meeting your mate. Not desperation, not wanting to manipulate or get your own way, but an openness without a sense of force. A desire to meet the person who is really right for you, not merely to get a lover or a partner. An abstinence of drama or hysteria. When you already met someone, many women have told me that they, uh, that when they met the man they would marry, their dream took on a forward-viewing quality. Instead of the uh, steamy sexual dreams that sometimes accompanies a, a new lion-son, lion, these women dreamed of their future lives, the homes they would have, the everyday intimacy of morning coffee and the sound of children's laughter in the background. Some dreamers took these scenes to the previews that gave them a glimpse of the feeling tones and the depth of the relationship possible with the person in question. Other dreamers believe these dreams were scenes from their actual future together, like a window in time. Many people do have dreams of a future life together when they meet their mate. These dreams are not flowery fantasies in which every detail is tastefully arranged or the steamy erotic fantasies that underscore hints of great chemistry. Instead, they look and feel like glimpses of future moments in their life together. Jess dreamed of a sunny summer day when her husband was fixing a problem with the back door of their house. There was a pleasant breeze through the open window of the house, she was folding blue jeans, small blue jeans, like those a child would wear. That was all she could remember. It was a brief but pleasant scene of domestic life that hints at the presence of a family, or the presence of a family. She did not tell her boyfriend about this dream until long after they were married, because she didn't want him to think she was weird. They had not yet started a family, but she believed they would have at least one child because that future scene was so real to her. It felt like a view into the future. Frequently, though not always, you may be aware that you are dreaming when you experience a scene from the future. This is called lucid dreaming. 
which means that something in the dream triggers your sense of being in a dream. In other cases, it may not be clear whether you whether you are dreaming, but you have a definite sense that a scene is in the future. Although this might sound preposterous in the light of day, in the dream process, seeing the future seems natural, comfortable and clear. Perhaps most important, upon awakening, most dreamers intuitively recognize they have dreamed a scene in the future. Characteristics of future scenes The human mind does have a tendency to look towards the future in dreams, creating possible scenarios based on your personality, your present course in life, what has happened in your past, and what you want for your future. These dreams are often uncannily accurate, seemingly leaping ahead of the reasoning mind and playing out situations that eventually unfold in waking life. I suspect that these future probabilities are one reason people have always talked about and wondered about precognition. Precognition, sorry. Even when dreams are not precognitive, they may be predictive because of the astonishing ability of dreams to run through probabilities. In your dreams, you will likely deal with whatever you are uh, striving towards or worrying about. When you meet someone important, your dreaming mind will attempt to sort through aspects of your connection and view the potential for happiness the relationship holds for you. With that said, how do you know whether a dream of your future present or precognitive glimpse ahead or simply a scenario of probability based on known factors, based on the dream stories that people have reported to me, which they believe to have been precognitive, there are some qualities in the presentation, contents and feeling of such events that differs from more typical dreams. The dreams are not like stories, but rather are scenes. They look like cross-sections of dialogue and activity, like when you are changing channels on a television. There is a quality of reality to the dreams, a sensation that they are somehow real. Although most dreams are highly visual, precognitive dreams often involve other scenes as well. You might feel the breeze, smell something, cooking, or hear birds chirping in the background. Many typical dreams are either idealized fantasies or challenging dramas. Precognitive glimpses of the future are often neutral and the dreamer feels content. They seem like views without judgment or drama. Future glimpses dreams are generally not erotic or sexual. They tend to be scenes of life together. Often dreamers know they are dreaming at the time they see the scene. They may feel that the scene is taking place in the future. Some dreamers report seeing themselves at an advanced age with their elderly spouse, the person they are currently seeing, after a fulfilling lifetime together. These scenes involve a sense of contentment, satisfaction and closeness. If you have such a dream, focus on the quality of your experience. 
avoid leaping to the conclusion that because you had a dream of the future involving someone you know, that you two are meant to be together. Premature conclusions close the mind to elements that can clarify understanding and aid in making decisions. Do not try to make the dream mean whatever you might wish it to mean, but instead settle into not seeing exactly not seeing exactly how you feel at the dream and how you feel when you woke up. If the dream scene suggests solid partnership, contentment, good companionship and loving kindness, then this is an excellent sign for your relationship, whether your mind constructed the dream or whether it was a precognitive glimpse ahead. Anytime you have a dream that you feel might have been a glimpse into the future, Write down your experience and keep a record of it, somewhere safe and private, so that you can refer to it later on. If you have been in a relationship for a while, there tends to be a story you tell yourself about it, like a narrative. This is the official version of events. However, in your dreams there is a subjective level, another voice that also tells a story. Sometimes the dreaming level of your relationship story is far more optimistic and promising than what you believe or expect. It can be useful to reflect back over a few months of dreams associated with the relationship to see what your deeper mind has been expressing. And now we come to chapter number seven, Signs of Love, but this is of course for a different podcast. So let's just conclude that our dreams can tell us something about the future. I'm not saying that we are angelic-like and we can predict predict everything that's going to happen in the future. But what I can tell you is that our dreams are telling us something that we can use. For example, especially when we meditate, when we open our mind when we pray to Jehovah God, the Almighty One, and close our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, we will get His not only attention, but also His guidance in our life. He will guide us in a way that we didn't thought possible before. He will guide us through our dreams and tell us where we should go, who we are going to meet, and what our relationship are going to be with these people that we meet. So let's just conclude that by me showing love and kindness to other human beings and also to myself, especially when I meditate, I tend to build up an inner voice that is pleasant and that is praising me and telling me that I am a loving and caring and kind person that deserves not only my own love and kindness, but also the kindness and love from others. So that my inner voice is a voice that is a pleasant one, a person inside me that tells me things about myself that is uplifting, that makes me feel good inside. Of course, I cannot be a bad person or evil person and still have this voice. Yes, of course you can. There is some psychopath who have this tendency, but I'm saying that, of course, I also have to live the way I think 
because if I am not a loving and caring, kind person, yes, I can fool myself into believing I am, but I cannot fool Jehovah God, the Almighty One. So I also need to live it, live my life accordingly to what I actually want in my life, how I want to be as a person. Because if I want to become a loving and caring and kind person, I need to show this loving and caring and kindness in not only my own life, but also in the lives of others. I need to share my love and kindness with others. And also I hope you will do the same. Because then you will also realize that life becomes more beautiful. Life becomes more uplifting. Life becomes filled with experiences of great enthusiastic persons around you. People who also want to feel loving kindness, are also willing to say no to garbage from the garbage can, are also willing to get a close relationship with the Holy God, the Almighty One. So I hope this podcast was helpful for you. I also hope it was helpful for me. I hope that there was at least something that I said in this podcast that made you think about your own life in a positive way. I hope that there was something that nudged you in a right direction, that that there were some advices that I gave, or at least something that you could say to yourself, yes, there was something there that I know if I'm going to allow this in my life, I'm going to greatly increase the possibilities of uh, happiness and love in my life. And this is what I hope for every person on the planet, so that we get a close relationship with Jehovah God, but also a close relationship with ourselves, and especially also with other human beings. And this is also why I recommend meditation for every human being on the planet, because through meditation, you get in contact with your inner core, which is love and kindness, and from there on you can evolve as a human being, reaching out for other human beings and also finding other human beings that is like-minded, like you and me that also wants to have love and kindness and compassion in their life. So I hope this podcast was helpful for you. I hope that you love and support each other and are kind to one another. This is Kenneth Anderson signing off. This is the 17th of October 2021. The time is 2042 and it is Sunday. Bye.